Good evening, all you creatures of the night. A young boy's parents are headed out in the town for the evening. They hire their trusted and faithful babysitter to come over and watch their son on this cold winter's night. What they don't know is that their young son also happens to have a crush on his high school babysitter. And tonight, he plans to tell her. With the two alone, the young man plans to make his move, yet he isn't the only person invited to this party. A knock sounds at the door, a brick smashes through the window. What was planned to be an unforgettable evening of expression is now an unforgettable evening of blood, knives, and screams. This is... It records... Thank you one and all for joining us. I'm Matt Johnson, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Are you a robot? Uh, in that moment, yes, I was. Very convincing. I was just yeah, you're almost up for like, the podcast. like, very like, the robot dance there for a second. Yeah, it felt right. It just, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, yeah. I've been working on it. Did you practice in front of a mirror? Yeah, this one right next to me, actually, before uh, before we got on the call. I was just, all right, perfect. <laughs> like, all right, I gotta, I gotta nail it, you guys. <laughs> You're gonna nail it. Have confidence in yourself. <laughs> you? You talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks for joining us, everyone um, who's listening out there, as well as Pete and Lindsay, as always, our, our fantastic co-hosts. And I'm a co-host as well. That wasn't implying that I'm a host by myself. Thanks, Matt. We are all co-hosts of the podcast. Um, yeah, just a rousing introduction. <laughs> the true host is that beast from Futurama that controls everyone. No. Yeah, yeah I'm talking no, about. No, the true hosts are our pets. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I <laughs> that make uh, special appearances now and then. Uh, yeah. We just don't know because they're silent, but... They're there. But they're just wandering around. But before we kind of get into the movie for today, which was talked about in the crawl, I was just kind of curious. Uh, it's been a minute since we've recorded, and I was just curious true. what you guys have been watching um, recently. like what, And really, the horror genre, but in general, what has been catching your fancy that you've been watching? Well, um, I honestly haven't been watching horror movies, um, but I did see Neighbors for the first time, finally, and Neighbors 2 is already rising, so, uh, huh, nice. yeah, yeah, they were better than I thought, <laughs> I do especially like the first movies. one, so like yeah, it. that's like I've the latest, well. <laughs> uh, movies that, uh, I've watched, I guess, so, uh, nothing really horror, so I was glad to kind of get back into this, uh, element. But, um, yeah, I was excited that Peter picked this one. But, uh, what about you guys? Pete, go ahead. Uh, I haven't watched too many horror movies, but the ones that I have watched, I've watched Midsummer for the first time. Nice. Uh, In the Tall Grass. I watched, it's like a Netflix movie. Death Becomes Her is kind of horror-ish, I guess. And, like, Ma. I like went to that on um, like Redbox like a while back. <clears throat> um, all pretty uh mediocre. I am not a fan of Midsummer. I also did not like Hereditary. <laughs> so I think I just don't like that director. <laughs> it's Ari Aster, right? Is it who it is? Yeah. So it's so it gets me mad because like I think the acting is really good in his movies and the cinematography is really good, but I just don't like the movies and like. Hmm. There's not many horror movies that have, like, they're like, oh, if it looks cool, I usually like it. If there's good acting, I usually like it. And there's two components I really like about it, and I'm like, I still don't like mm. them. Interesting. Hey, hey. I think it just, like, I don't know, it feels, like, so rehashed of, like, what I've seen that it just... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not really, like, that kind of person, really, because, like, I'm all for remakes, but I don't know, I think this, like, the praise that he's getting 
is like unwarranted in my opinion like he's just like oh he's just like brilliant guy doing crazy stuff in horror i'm just like not really he's just like has a good camera and like really good you know getting someone who's good at acting is obviously harder to do in a horror movie but i don't know i feel like they're giving them a little too much praise where it more like falls on the actors like I would, like, give a huge shout-out to Tommy Collette for Hereditary, because her performance in that was amazing. Now, mentioning that about Ari Aster, you're saying he gets more credit than, like, you know, I, I agree, like, Hereditary and Midsummer are, like, you know, praised as these great new movies in the horror genre. I w- I'm just curious how you would compare him to Robert Eggers. Like, I feel like he gets a lot of hype right now, and he did The Lighthouse, and he did The Witch, do you think he's like kind of in the same boat as Ari Aster? Because they're both very, I think, cinematically like they shoot beautiful films. But yes, do, are you entertained by his movies in the same way? Um, I am. I so I haven't seen both films by Robert Edgars. I've only seen The Witch, which I really liked. It's a lot harder to watch. I think Ari Aster movies are more approachable for mainstream audiences than uh, Robert Edgars are. They're like weird. They're like a weird kind of like middle ground where it's like maybe even like I don't even know. Maybe like a step above indie, but not quite like not big budget and not like middle of the road. It's just like these are really good movies that acting look beautiful, and it's like hard to watch because they're like intense. Or like maybe cringy even for not like cringy in a bad way, but just was like, oh, this is like makes me uncomfortable. It holds that tension the whole time. It's got a good yeah, and I would uh, say holds a good atmosphere. They probably, in his films. Yeah, they probably are very easy to put in the same boat because I've heard like I feel like for mainstream audiences, Robert Eggers is not going to do it for them. But I would I would mm-hmm. give Robert Eggers more of an edge right now. Because I'm more interested in what he has to do, and um, I want I like I'm interested in what the White House is about, and I like literally know nothing besides that it's like in black and white, and Robert Patterson and Ron Defoe on it. That's like all I really know. <clears throat> uh, as for me, uh, <laughs> I I haven't been too much into the horror genre. Uh, this past month or so with it being Christmas and everything I watched a lot of Christmas films saw A Wonderful Life in theaters for the first time ever and that was fun to do nice yeah that was a fun experience to go see that I have seen Little Women that's out I watched that too Little Women was good The Irishman and Marriage Story both Netflix movies also both very good I also watched for the third time this year it's the only film I've watched three times this year and the only film I saw twice in theaters, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. I watched that again recently. That's worth the rewatches. Haven't, and haven't seen it. Haven't you gotta seen it. Haven't seen it for the most part. I, I know, I'm and I like the, Tarantino too. The Oscar ones in. Yeah. Are the are the nominations even up yet? Not for the Oscars. Like Golden Globes. Oh, they they just had the, the Golden Globes for this past Sunday. Yeah, is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, oh, I kind of have an idea, yeah, based on the Golden Globes, what ones are going to be nominated, and I kind of want to watch those. Mm -hmm. Which I still want to see 1917, which will probably be one of my next ones on my list. Yeah, I do want to see that. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about TV shows? TV shows? Any of you. I haven't been watching TV. I can't think of a show I've been watching, but I have been told I need to watch Modern Family. I was just given like the first four seasons on DVD, so I'm guessing that's the next show that I'll be watching. Um, what a random like recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> My dad yeah. loves that show. Know, so. Like loves it. I feel like it's a real uh, parents yeah. show, but it's it's funny. It's like legitimately yeah. funny. Yeah, so uh, I've seen like episodes here and there, like on TV USA. I think plays them all the time, but never watched a full season or anything. So I'll get the story now. 
hopefully I can make it through this whole show. One of the last times somebody actually gave me a DVD set of a show to watch was Dawson's Creek. You're speaking to my heart. Um, yeah. And that took a Never long... Never watched an episode. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't until I got that DVD set, and I had to... It was a long process. It was a long <laughs> process to get through this show. Yeah. Like, you didn't like it, or you just didn't have the time? It... Well, that, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of episodes, but it took a while for me to, like, gain an interest, I guess. So I had to, like, sit through a lot of stuff that I wasn't really interested in. And then you get ing- yeah. ingrained in the story, and even though it might not be your cup of tea, I gotta know how it ends. I know, <laughs> I know the story now. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to mention, since it's the horror podcast, none of us said we saw Black Christmas. Is that correct? None of us have seen the remake? I'm not going to. No. Not going to. See, I'm in that boat, too. <laughs> I've only yeah, heard Yeah, I feel things. like it just... I feel like it bombed. I think it didn't do well at all. <laughs> and, and I heard... It, it means PG-13, so you can kind of guess the violence level, but I heard a lot. In the movie, uh, any sort of like violence kind of takes place off-camera. So you don't really see, like, you know, brutal deaths and stabbings and things like that. It's a lot of jump scares. So, but I guess in was the the original R? I no, it, so. it, it, it couldn't have been right because it was. Was it? I don't think R existed, but it would have been. <laughs> like no, R existed. PG thirteen didn't exist. Okay, that's it. So it was either PG uh, it or, or R. It was R. Very yeah, it's it's strange. fucking yeah. crazy that the the. That exists. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So, none of us <laughs> have seen Black Christmas on this horror podcast, and I think all of us have said we're not going to. <laughs> That's right. Well, we've seen there. We've seen the, the one that matters. <laughs> I've seen exactly. But speaking of Black Christmas, that is a Christmas holiday horror film. It is. That is what we also did for this episode. Tonight, we watched a Christmas horror movie called Better Watch Out, an Australian-American, I get it's a horror film, I don't know what subgenre it falls into, but came out in 2016. Better Watch Out. Want to put her in the mood? Watch a horror movie. Dude, she's like twice our age. I really don't think it's going to happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. <laughs> Thank you. Now, don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So, what do you want to do? Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me. What was that? What the fuck? Oh, my God. Get away from the window. There's someone there. Hiding. I'll find you. Don't worry, I'll protect you. <laughs> this is exciting. Please let me out of this. You're fucking home alone again? Lighten the fuck up. Take the with no. No. Ah. Why can't exes just go away? It's directed by Chris Peckover, I believe is his name, and I, I think he only has other one other credit to his name. I had never seen anything by Chris Peckover prior to this. Neither did I. This is the only movie I've seen by him. And for those who have never heard of Better Watch Out, um, just real quick, 
uh, it really follows what I said in the opening uh, monologue or whatever. It's a quiet suburban street. Uh, a babysitter um, is babysitting this 12-year-old boy who she babysits quite often. And he does have like a crush on her. And that's kind of the setup for the movie is um, he, with his friend, um, want to kind of... He's going to make a move on her tonight, apparently. And... What happens is the babysitter then has to defend this 12-year-old boy from would-be intruders, only to discover that what these intruders are is far from your normal home invasion. That's Without going into spoilers, it kind of sets itself up like there's a home invasion of this babysitter watching this 12-year-old boy at his house. Had anybody seen this movie prior to this viewing? I did not. I have. You had. Okay. First time for me as well. I think I saw it last year for the first time. Um, I think it was around Christmas time again. Yeah. My friend was really like campaigning for it. He's just like, "You got, you guys got to watch this movie. It's really good." And so I watched it. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like so. Would Would you go into the second part of the plot right now? Sure, we can. Go give you. Um, did you, I'll, I'll give a little more, uh, synopsis of like the setup. Are we doing um, spoilers? I think once we yeah, get there, okay. we I'm can, like, we always do pretty much. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you have to, yeah. to, or we can be as, as vague as possible, but it, it's kind of a, you have to do it with this one. I mean, we spoiled us and we did us. That's true. While I was in theaters. That's true. This movie's been out. They've had time. For a couple of years. Yep. Okay. So, so the start of the movie is where it's a 12-year-old boy, I believe his name is Luke, and his friend Garrett are, it's an evening, it's a winter evening at home, and his Luke's parents are going out for the night, and Ashley is going to be the babysitter. She's five years older than Luke. She's coming, we see her in a car, and she's coming to the house to you know babysit Luke for the night. Luke has a crush on Ashley. That's that's like right out of the get-go meeting Luke is like he really likes her um, and he wants to make his move tonight, kind of tell her that he likes her or whatever. Um so she comes over and it's it's pretty pretty standard at that point where it's him trying to act cool. I just feel like um, where he like pops a bottle of champagne. Yeah. It's like I drink all the time, and kind of annoyed with him. Um, and she's like, "That's not cool." And they start watching a horror movie, and there's several different jump scares, like the phone ringing, um, a spider crawling across the table. That kind of sets something up that you know something's off. Um, so it kind of gives you that uneasy feeling from the beginning, but all you know plot-wise is that now the babysitter's alone with Luke, and he's going to try to tell her that he likes her, which is really, I think, just a, that's the set, that's Act One before Act Two kind of kicks in in the action. And uh, Putty is in this film uh, from Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> he's the dad. Just, just a clarification. He is in this movie. <laughs> he is. Everybody was. I saw it on the the forums and Twitter. They were asking about it. Yeah, he's in this. No more grease monkey. I don't care for that term. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't know. I don't know too many monkeys who could take apart a fuel injector. I saw one once that could do sign language. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, Coco. Yeah, Coco. Right, Coco. A chimp's all right. I find. Is that a new uh, segment we're doing? If if Putty is in this movie or not? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Warburton, I think his name is. Uh, yeah, is Patrick Warburton in this film? <laughs> if we do Scream Three, the answer is yes. So it could happen. Hey, there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> I would say with like in. The beginning of this movie, it kind of feels like, by the numbers, kind of like slasher holiday movie, like 
<clears throat> you kind of just like, oh, okay, like I've seen this, like I've seen this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Then like, I feel like once like they do like the scares of like the home invasion pretty well, like them trying to hide in the closet and just like them like just like going upstairs. Like I thought they did all that like very well. I was pretty scared. And then like like you kinda like said earlier, like something's off in this movie and it starts to unfold even more that you know spoiler this was an orchestrated plot to get the 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 girl to like him even more by kidnapping her? I don't know. It's (laughs) fucking weird. He's a weird fucked up dude. He he watches too many head beheadings videos on YouTube or something. I don't know. He's a fucking, you know, 4chan, Infinity Chan kind of guy, probably. I feel like his whole plan was, and I don't know how it was going to work out, was <laughs> fake the kidnapping or fake a burglary, home invasion, so that he's the protector. Because he started to act like that when he grabbed the gun. Right. And was like, I, I got this. I'll protect you. So that she would like fall into his arms and be like, "Oh my yes. hero," which is like a twelve-year-old yes. thought process. <laughs> this is this will work. She'll be my wife. <laughs> yeah, this is how it happens. I really, <laughs> and then like, actually, I think that's probably later. That's Lindsay's part. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's a big bulk of two. Is just like. That unraveling in itself. Yeah, that's like the first major twist of the movie. I feel like is yeah. You think it's a home invasion, which it is, but it turns out, I mean, spoilers, just so you know, it's like their friend. It's his friend. Exactly, it's his friend Garrett and the babysitter Ashley. She figured it out and was like super pissed off about it. That they. Had plot of this whole thing. Right, because the friend was wearing um, the boys. I forgot his name already. Um, was it Luke? G- Garrett. Luke and Garrett. Oh, which one? Okay. Yeah, Luke. And- so yeah, Garrett Tom. was wearing Luke's mask and she recognizes it while they're hiding in the closet from this home invader and she gets really pissed, understandably. And, uh, you know, that's when the, this whole thing is revealed. And that's when things start getting even weirder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take it away. <laughs> tell, tell us what's um, yeah. All right, let's see. Um, if I miss anything, let me know, and uh, we'll cover it. But um, basically, like, it's revealed that this 12-year-old is, like, a psycho with frequent mood swings. And um, he tie- they tie her. Oh, he slaps her. She falls down the stairs, and she, like, that renders her unconscious. And then when she wakes up... She is strapped to a chair and, you know, has duct tape over her mouth. Um, so, yeah. Um, it took a sharp turn. Um, he, what does he do? He, like, he gets crazy. And, like, that's what I couldn't figure out is, like, why is he so crazy? Like, what made him be this way? Um, that's not really delved into as far as uh, character development. Um, but yeah, he starts, uh, he invited her boyfriend over, um, he, what do they do? Yeah, so the boyfriend comes over, um, and then he, like, uh, manages to strap him to a chair as well after, uh, some tumblings, uh, between the two, um, like, knocked him unconscious, and then when he was, uh, he wakes up, he's strapped to a chair right next to Ashley, and, um... And the boyfriend's name is Ricky. And then... This is, like, what broke my heart. Like, watching... Um, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of heartbreaking things happen in this movie. But, um... He kind of reenacts, like, the Home Alone... Um, you know, scene from where, like, they... Are trying to, um... See how far, like, a paint can can go or something to try to, you know... Um... Right, so, uh, he actually ends up killing Ricky doing that, and that was, that was really sad, yeah. like, watching, um, Ashley's reaction, and, uh, I think Garrett was pretty surprised, um, 
So, yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, okay. Like, there's no going back from that. Um, and then he invites yeah, that- uh, the Luke, um, invites uh, the other, the ex-boyfriend of Ashley over and uh, tricks him. And uh, he um, ends up dead, too, because uh, he, like, has him sitting on the swing. And then Luke has, like, the steering tied to this lawnmower, like a riding lawnmower, and then, like, starts driving in the opposite direction. And uh, so, yeah, now we've got a body count of two. And um, I think Ashley is able to, like, free herself from this chair with a shard, a shard of glass. Um and that by that point, um, she almost gets away. Like, she escapes, um, but then she doesn't. And then they bring her back, <laughs> and uh, she's tied up again. And um, is this? I think this is when um, Luke actually stabs her with a knife, like, kind of on her right uh, side of her neck. Mm-hmm. And so... We're left to think that she's dead, too. And, oh, uh, excuse me, I jumped ahead. Um, he killed his best friend, too. Yeah. Let's just uh, not forget that. He <laughs> shot Throw Garrett. that out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. There were just a lot of moments. Like, every every person's death I felt very, very sad about. Um, and my jaw just, like, I couldn't pick it up off the floor, like, during all of those One thing, though, they don't really show a lot of the violence on camera, um, so I didn't really like that, but we can get more into, you know, stylistics later, but, yeah, so, um, you know, we think that everybody's dead, his parents come home, he's, you know, tucked in, he's, he's, and everybody, there's a crime scene in the house when they come back, and I just want to know, like, who they thought actually did it, like, did they really think that it was a home invasion, um, but anyway, um, the parents come home, they're obviously distraught, they go find the son, um, and then that's when they hear that there's one survivor, and, uh, it is Ashley, and, uh, to everybody in the audience's, uh, cheer, I'm sure, but, um, as they're, like, rolling her away on her stretcher to the ambulance, she, like, makes eye contact with him from up in his room, um, at the window, and she gives him the finger, and so, uh, we're kind of, you know, we're left to think, okay, like, he's going to get, you know, what's coming to him. But, you know, we don't know that for sure. So that's where the movie ends. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, Lindsay. Um, it's long-winded. Uh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. And I, I, I had several things I wanted to talk about because I feel like that, that part of the movie is the craziest and like really takes a turn from what you thought it was going to be. But since you just mentioned the ending where she's the survivor and he didn't know like because she put duct tape on her neck where he stabbed mm-hmm. her. And which is a callback to him saying duct tape a thousand ways to use it and he was tying her up. Good catch. But she gives him the middle finger and I think it's meant to imply that you know he's he's going to be caught. But I had the feeling that, oh shit, he might kill her in the hospital. <laughs> like Exactly. Like, people are going to believe this little 12-year-old, yeah. and he, if, until she tells somebody, he could kill her in the hospital and he'd still get away with yeah. it. Yeah. My thoughts, too. Which kind of brings me to, uh, yeah. did you guys like that ending? Were you, were you satisfied with that? Yes. I, I, I... Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I liked it. Um, I liked that she there was she's like the final girl, like in a slasher. It wasn't a slasher, but you know the final girl survives, um, even though the body count was only like it was three people in the end. Only a three person body. Yes, count. but each one but hurt. It did, yeah, and, and it that's did. a testament to like the writing or the acting that like each one, each death was like very, I don't know, impactful. Yeah. It was very, sensitive. and it feels brutal. It yeah. feels brutal too. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I want justice to be served. Yes, that's what I wanted at the end. That was my one critique of the ending. Is like 
yeah, she gave the middle finger, but I wanted a cop to come in and be like, swarm, swarm, she told us it was him. And then it's like, take him down. Yes. And it's like 12-year-old. And then you just <laughs> see him like struggling. Make, yeah. a se- make a sequel. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, I can see it in the opening credits. is like her in the hospital, and it's him coming and like unplugging her, whatever. And it's like, beep, beep, what beep, you call and it? he walks out. So instead of better watch out two. I would say, better not cry. That's good, yeah. That'd be a good example. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, like, I really would have liked to see him get what was coming to him because this kid was so insufferable. Like, um, you know, there was just nothing good about him. He's good at being hateable. making you hate him. He's a good act. He's a good actor, and I was like, and I think he, like, switched like in it like I felt like he was really good at just doing those dual roles yeah mhm yeah insufferable is a great word that's a testament to his acting cause I was so annoyed with him yeah like in so many instances ugh his yeah you hate him he's he's a mm-hmm. he's, he's disgusting a but I, I I did enjoy Ashley's character. I thought I like she always seemed pretty strong-willed throughout the whole thing. Like even though she was tied up and like he, you know, this is what he wanted, I never felt that like he was in total control. Like he was, you know, calling the boyfriend over, but I always felt that she wasn't like I'm giving up. I never felt like I always felt like she was so pissed off at him and was like I'm going to tell your parents <laughs> you're going to be in so much trouble yeah. like the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she doesn't take him, even though, like, she, she's in a really shitty situation. She's like, I'm, you're fucked, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, I really <laughs> sympathize yeah. for her. I think it was easy for me to relate to her, so I liked her the most. Um, and I, you know, like Matt said, I think she did a good job trying to take the control back. And I thought she was a really strong, solid yeah. character um, throughout all the horrible shit that was happening to her. Um, you know, at the behest of this kid. Um you know, and I love the fact that she survived in the end, like, you know, with the good, triumphing evil. And and you said you liked her, then I, I would pose a question to you, too. Um, did you have a favorite character of... Because of, we really... There's Garrett and Luke, the two villains, if you will. Gar- I won't say if Garrett is or not, but the babysitter, the two boyfriends... And then his parents, who are only in it at the beginning and the end. So it's a pretty small yeah. cast. Did anybody particularly stand out to you? Yeah, I feel like I uh, said Ashley, so you guys take it away. Okay, yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's Ashley, but I think, like, they're both really good actors, and they're, like, it's really cool seeing, like, these two young actors, like, carry this movie, this horror movie, throughout the whole time and I don't know it's just really impressive to watch honestly yeah and as you guys mentioned and Ashley's really young Luke is young and they kind of carry that dynamic but like they carry the movie like they're that dynamic between those two they keep the whole plot moving uh, but then I would throw just a twist in I, I would say I enjoy Garrett's character I watched this movie twice uh, the first time I was like super annoyed with Garrett <laughs> Um, because I felt like he was he, he was like manipulate he was manipulated the whole time, um, which, yeah. which he was, and I was like just annoyed with him like from the onset when he was taking oxy or whatever and like trying to like zone it out and became like really loopy. But the second time through, it he he does seem like you know Ashley's really strong willed and then Luke's like psychotic. He seems like the most human maybe in that situation where like you know if that happened to some extent like. He's like the audience of like, well, Luke's my friend, but then like he's he does try to let Ashley go later, and he's like really conflicted about it. He's like what we, I guess he's what we, the audience is going through the whole time, back and forth between <clears throat> Luke and Ashley, Luke and Ashley, which is what we're supposed to do. So I, I felt more for him, I guess mainly because he was killed. I think if he wasn't killed, I would have hated him a lot, but he was killed, and <laughs> it makes me sympathize with him more. <clears throat> Because he calls out for his mom. Like, come on. That was... That hurt. Oh. Yeah. It was good. And then... Well, I have another question for you guys. We we kind of talked... There was... 
the twist where it's not a real home invasion. And then it becomes the twist where it's like, well, now I'm holding you captive. And <laughs> I'm going to call your boyfriends over. Um, did you guys like the twist? Either one. That it was like not a home invasion and then it became this like hostage situation. Did you did you enjoy it? Did you think it worked for the film? Um, just kind of overall thoughts. I was super into it. I think it, it made the film very interesting. I think it I kind of almost made it seem like a movie I'd never really seen before. I would say like I've seen home invasion movies, not a whole lot, but like I've seen a good number of them, and I feel like it like kind of like changed the the formula enough to where like it made it really interesting to me. Yeah, um, I really did think that it was going to commit to that home invasion route, and you know that we've seen movies like that, you know, a dime a dozen before and uh while i was glad that it went in a different way than i was expecting um you know i hated the kids so much and i know we were supposed to so that was successful um you know and i was really like i said like very genuinely sad and shocked by um not only like the characters deaths but how they happened um you know i couldn't believe that a 12 year old um was like this and you know where did it all come from and um so yeah, I, I was uh, very um, enter- entertained um, by this movie and you know the the way it went. So yeah, what about you, Matt? Yeah, um, I think definitely on like the first viewing. I mean, I, I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't. I saw like I saw that brief synopsis of a home invasion, and I didn't want to watch the trailer on purpose just to kind of go in fresh. And I think if you go in like that. It's it is a really satisfying movie. I don't think the twist. If you don't think about it too much, it's um, it's it's engaging. It's fresh. I feel like because I first you realize it's not a home invasion. Or for me, it just made me think. I guess like I at first thought, oh, it's the parents. Like the parents are these home invaders. And okay, so what? What? Why are they doing it? And then it's it's Garrett. You but. I didn't think at first Garrett was in on it with Luke, and then he is on it with Luke. And then Ashley gets slapped down the stairs, and I go, oh shit, they killed her. Now how are the, is, what are they going to do? No, it's not that. It's, she's fine. Now we're holding her kidnapped. And then Luke has this whole plan of like bringing the boyfriends over and offing them one by one. So it just kind of keeps going and like building on itself. That it, it didn't just have one twist and it ended. It kind of kept packing different little nuggets of um, suspense into it. So it's definitely a fun ride the first time through. Where the second time you kind of... I was looking for other things. The first time through, it's super it's super fun to watch. Yeah. I guess... Mm-hmm. What do you think, like, he was trying to accomplish? Like, you know, the whole plan, like, with the whole fake invasion thing didn't work. So why do you think, like, do you think he was planning the whole time on... You know, killing everybody. I don't. <laughs> I think. I think he's just like a yeah. sociopath, where he just like yeah. feels no remorse and like he, like, lost control of the situation, mm-hmm. and was trying to gain control by doing these things, and like it deviated from the plan that he had. Because he planned it out very meticulously, and since he like lost control, he didn't know where he was going, which is why I feel like it spiraled mm-hmm. so out of control. And like like Matt was saying, like it was kind of building because it's like this. He's a kid; he doesn't know like really like how to process all this shit that's going on, and like not really realizing like the results of his crazy actions. Because mm-hmm. there's obvi- obviously yeah. something wrong with him. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think the first time through, I thought that was like the whole plan. And then I watched it again. And it's like, I think he definitely, hey, he had the home invasion thing planned, of course. And he, he wanted her to like him or like think he was her hero. But if that didn't work out, like it didn't. Like Garrett was, was found out. He had, what was it? Was it? He had some drug that was like, was it a roofie or something? It was the liquid and like the, the eye drops that he had where he was going to make her drink, oh, yeah. drink the vodka. So she'd, you know, lose, um, 
lose the memory of like the, the last few hours so she'd be like confused and I think that was like his plan B if she figured out about the home invasion which it did but she broke the bottle of vodka that had all that in it on the floor and he was like fuck that was plan B and then as Pete was saying it kind of spiraled out of control like he, he didn't know how to process what was going on because he's very meticulous and he, he had needed everything to go his way and when it didn't he went to the extreme like he, he went really far with it mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then I wanted to pose, we've kind of talked about how this is a home invasion, or it starts that way, and kind of spirals in all these different directions. It's kind of curious, um, what horror sub- subgenre would you guys put this in? Uh, um, I've seen it labeled as oh. psychological horror online, I've seen it as like comedy horror, but I didn't know where you guys kind of felt this would where it falls. I really wouldn't put it in a comedy. Like, even though this got, it's got some kind of punchy dialogue a little bit here and there. I would say it's more of a, no, I would say psychological thriller. I, I agree with. That's what I would kind of put it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes you think, you know, that it's going to start as a home invasion, but then it takes that sharp turn into, uh, more of a thriller. And, uh, I think it's a mix of a few things, um, you know, the crime, thriller, psychological horror, um, definitely not a black comedy, as I've seen uh, some um, articles call it. I don't think I agree with that at all. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, you know, a psychological thriller that ha- happens to be taking place around Christmas time. I'd agree with, with both of that. Like, it's the psychological thriller or at the most like holiday horror because it's Christmas, but I did see like comedy everywhere, and I just feel like there's some moments of it, but not like it's not like the Burbs or something where it's like, or ones that are like very like slapstick horror, like meant to be like campy almost. But um, I think the what really makes this like, if anything, like comedy horror is. I feel like the music that was chosen in certain scenes like are very oddly placed so that it's like you would think it'd be more like a they'd have a score for this movie but it's like different styles of Christmas music that are off kilter from what you're seeing yeah. on the screen which makes yeah. you think funny. I was going to ask you guys what you thought about the music placement. I thought it was a little odd. odd. Yeah. I liked the juxtaposition. I uh, It has made me more of a fan of the movie. I th- I think it gives it the character that it that why people are attracted to it. I think if it was like an ominous score, like you know what they have for Halloween or something, you take the movie as like this scary, larger than life type of horror movie, which it which isn't the the vibe it gives off. And like putting in like at Christmas songs, like jazzy Christmas songs, after, when he's like cleaning up the house, like when he's cleaning up all the bodies, and they got that like rocky Christmas song going and he's like risky business dancing through the house it's definitely it's like it's Pete says just a position so like instead of it being like a serious scene it's like kind of it's got that I don't know uncanny element to it maybe is the word for it yeah it's like I feel like if you would consider a comedy there would be more moments of jokes but there's really not that much and like something like Get Out and Us like has moments where people generally laugh at it, but you don't call those movies comedies. Like those are just like yeah, more you horror or like Get Out is probably more of a thriller than Us. Us is more of a horror movie than Get Out is. <clears throat> Agree. But there was that comedy with you know Putty at the beginning with. With the mom, Virginia Madsen, by the way, who's in this one. Him and those ties. And his I think horror just has has a lot of comedy in it. Yeah. In general, like there's very few horror movies that are like that don't try to be funny. Like Silence of the Lambs, I think, does not try to be funny at all. 
and it's like I guess more thriller like this one is but like a different kind of thriller mm-hmm. I don't know it's like not, I feel like not that many horror movies try to be straight all scare yeah. or serious that's true <clears throat> I think horror lends itself to comedy just because it's it's meant to scare you or terrify you that if you have a well-timed joke or a funny setup like it, it the payoff is so much more because people need that catharsis. Yeah. So it just it seems hits funny. a lot harder. Yeah. Like the guy in get out and get out like the his friend that's like Exactly. a TSA agent like I like laughed my fucking ass off. And I saw that in theaters because I was like, mm. just didn't expect it. I was like, like so tense the whole time, thinking that he was going to be fucked. And then this is yeah. his friend. And I'm like, this yeah. is so funny. He lightened yeah. the mood a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. T S motherfucking A. <laughs> it was. It was I, I loved that part so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- this movie has been for the most part i think received well fair critically at least um i don't it wasn't in theaters or anything but um some negative reviews that i saw that i was hoping to get your guys opinion on was some of them said that the movie lacked um any real feeling or character development except for those few gotcha twists uh, the characters they felt were pretty stereotypical for the genre. They were like cookie-cutter characters. Uh, and the viewers uh, could easily get bored with the antics of the characters. Um, but what really kept the movie going was just the twists, um, which fall flat after a few, uh, after one or two twists. Would you guys agree with that at all? Does it have any truth to it, any of the, the reviewers who think that you know, some of these characters are pretty flat and stereotypical of the genre? I could see, like, what he's trying to say, and to me, that just kind of comes off as someone who doesn't like horror movies kind of thing, because, like, you you are just saying that you just don't like horror movies is really what he's saying to me. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I, I think he, uh, I said, it, he yeah. said it well. I have nothing more to add. Yeah. That one, because most of these, I think it's like 80s on Rotten Tomatoes, and most reviews I heard, like, it's pretty good critical reception, uh, but a few were lingering out there, because it's not 100%. One of them was Roger Ebert, uh, and it's not him, but it's the website that gave it, like, a really low score, like a one star out of, <sighs> yeah. That's harsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the most part, I, I think it was well-received critically. Which, I, I guess, talking about critical reception, um, we do the budget box office. Does anybody happen to know any of those numbers? Um, it was a critical success, but... You know, the uh, box office was yeah. real low, because you said it didn't go into theaters, yeah. really. Like, yeah, all the money it made was, like, rental rentals. Yeah. Or I think it's like a Shutter exclusive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like losing my voice right now. God, <laughs> I like don't know what happened. <clears throat> it's fine. It's fine. But I I don't know what the box. I mean, the budget was, but I know the box office was like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's like super low. And I hope it made. Like, it got a lot of viewership on Shudder, or, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, side, rocket science. I like this movie. It made it very obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. This movie isn't easy to find. Um, I know Shudder is a main... I watched it on Tubi, if uh, if you know... Uh... I've heard of that. Okay. I've been hearing about that lately. Like it's it's a streaming service. Yeah, I service, guess right? I bought. You know, I have a smart TV, and it was just on it. So um, that's how I found it. But yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, hey, whatever works, right? Yeah, wherever you can find it. 
Uh, and you can rent it probably anywhere, but it's also on Shutter if you have it. Shutter if you have a subscription there. So you mentioned, uh, um, Lindsay, the the Home Alone paint can scene. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. They they referenced that earlier in the movie um, that Garrett doesn't be- Garrett just believes it would knock them back like in the movie. So Luke does it and it it kills Ricky. Um, that was something Chris Peckover, um, what like wanted to instill as like a Home Alone vibe and like a lot of John Hughes references mm-hmm. was something I yeah. I heard about it. Like the spiders are meant to be a Home Alone reference too, that are in the house like the tarantula in Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even didn't even think about that. Yeah. And Which Christmas were real. The one at least. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that spider was real when but she I fell out of the But I just want to say. So. Because they, he asked the studio, what was it? Um, he, if he could CGI it. And they gave him the price. <laughs> and he was like, nah, I can't, we don't have the budget for that. I can't. We'll get a real spider. I just... That's weird that they wanted to CGI a spider. What were you going to say, Lindsay? Speaking of uh, John Hughes references, um, I I need to point out that, like, okay, a lot of, like, John Hughes' characters were very imperfect, you know. Um, Ferris Bueller, you know, I used to think, like, he was awesome, and then, like, I grew up, and I actually kind of realized he was kind of a jerk, but he still had, like, some redeemable qualities, you know, so, and, like, John Bender, you know, um, Breakfast Club, um, but, you know, mm-hmm. what this, I can't, I, I feel like I'm just kind of saying this a lot, but people need to know, um, this kid, like, had no redeeming qualities, so there's nothing, nothing, <laughs> don't have that in common, um, but yeah, so uh, that's where the similarities end as far as uh, you know the John Hughes uh, callbacks. Well, yeah, that's a great point about John Hughes' characters. But speaking of no redeemable qualities for him, there was the moment at the end where before he stabs Ashley, he says, "You know, my mom stopped like laying with me or whatever at night. Like she used to like sit in bed with me, uh, and then she stopped all of a sudden. She never said why." To which Ashley responds in some variation of, I know exactly why she did. Now, and then she doesn't say anything else, and he's like, why? Why did she stop? Tell me. Why do you think Ashley did that? Or what do you think she meant by that? Why did the mom, you know, stop laying with him? Just kind of curious of your thoughts. I think there's just like a way, I think she was just like trying to hurt him because like she was lost two people that meant something in her life at some point and he killed them killed them and then she probably has like a vague idea you know it's like well you're fucking 12 you know <laughs> like your mom doesn't need to do that for you anymore you're not like two yeah i think it was just a way of trying to hurt him cuz she's just fucking mad <laughs> yeah no, yeah, I, I don't have a better answer than that either. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like, I think she's really trying to piss him off, and that's why she didn't say anything after it. Yeah. Is because he got like really upset by it. Um, but we 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 talked a little bit about like uh, John Hughes characters, and you know that's trivia of the film. Lindsay, do you have any other sort of background or trivia? On yeah, that? I really only have one. I guess um, there wasn't much to find. On this one, um, yeah. but did you guys recognize um, the the lead and uh, so uh, what's her name Ashley and Garrett from another movie that we did on this podcast a couple years ago? I know. <laughs> I recognized him, but I didn't know from where. I didn't recognize her um, until after the movie but now i know (laughs) yeah so uh they start as siblings in the visit um by m night Shyamalan. oh wow that's i'm I'm actually kind of surprised yeah (laughs) i didn't know that either i forgot 
it, he he had a very familiar face or look, and I was like, where have I seen this kid before? So I looked him up. Was he the rapping? And... He was the rapping kid. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a little brother. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're fucking. <laughs> I'm like speechless right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I like the yeah. visit. Visit's a good. I was movie. a fan. Yeah, it was a good one, and they're back at it again. Yeah, that's all I got for trivia, though. Really. I had one. No, it's not really trivia, but it's just a piece of production that I, I, I heard. I listened to a bunch of podcasts and stuff on this movie. Um, that Chris Peckover really wanted them to be 12 years old and get actors who were as close to that age as possible. Like, the kids are, like I think, 14 in real life, or like 13, but they, they could pass off as 12. And the studio was, like, really not about it it took him a lot of like convincing and that, that was like the one thing that he stood for is like no they need to be 12 in order for this to work he they didn't want it to be like the boyfriend like in scream or something where it's like the same age he wanted it to be like these really ki- these kids and make it really dark so he had to really fight for that and then he, that he wanted the actors to be close to that age yeah it's always very obvious when somebody is like 10 years older than the character they're playing and you know, I think it's good that he stuck to his mm-hmm. guns with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can go on the podcast or not, but I, I thought it was an interesting tidbit is a lot of times in movies, um, people play a role that they're much older than. Like people, like you got to play a high schooler and you're like 24. Like that's pretty common. That's Night Out 2 and in a nutshell. My favorite show. Yeah, there you go. And I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Older people will play younger characters. I was curious if you had any examples of people where it's the opposite. Does that ever happen where someone who's younger plays older characters? Not all the time, but has played them. I thought of. I got one. And it's very. I feel like that happens to women a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like. They're like probably in their like mid thirties, and they're like playing a forty year old or something. Like you know, I feel like that happens to them a lot. And one I can think of, Sense of Boulevard's one, where the mm-hmm. woman is like way younger than what she's playing. Yeah, that's that's my one in my back pocket. Which one yeah. were you thinking of? I was thinking of an actress, um, and I have two two movies: is Jennifer Lawrence in like American Hustle. Um, and Silver Linings Playbook. She's like our age. At, at least at that time, she was like early 20s. And, and I mean, Yeah, she's young. She was playing like Chris, Christian Bale's like 40-year-old wife in that movie. And like she's she was like 24 in that movie. They like made her much older than, than what she is. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> or like in... Um, I don't know. Uh, what was she in? Oh, God bless it. Ma... What's the one, uh, Darren Aronofsky's one with her? Mother. Mother. I was thinking Mama, but that's Del Toro. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Mother. She's date- She's married to Javier Bardem, right? And he's got to be like 50. And she's like 25, yeah, 26. She's literally, she's literally like, yeah. like our age. I feel like she's yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe a year older. It's very close. Yeah, she's always supposed to be playing these older parts or dating these older men always anywho that's a tidbit that's a tangent um defend or destroy (laughs) to say besides that I defend it you know I've I've already explained all the reasons I like it it's a good twist and it makes you think you're like oh this is kind of like an ordinary movie and you're like oh wait no it's not this kid's pretty fucked up and it's good (laughs) yeah um I agree I found this movie very engrossing um you know usually I'm on my phone when I'm watching movies um but I didn't feel the need to do that. I was very intrigued and obviously horrified. Um, despite that, um, 
thought it was well executed. Um, loved the twist, really didn't see it coming. Um, and I thought the acting was really strong. So it's a defend for me. And for me, I will start off, I won't bury the lead. I will defend uh, this film. So it's a unanimous defend. But I really enjoyed it the first time through. Had no idea what the film was. Um, and it kept like twisting and turning and making you think and like trying to follow what was going on. Um, so it was super entertaining. And then the second time, I found myself like looking for other things and even like trying to poke holes in it. Like, okay, maybe this doesn't add up. Or they, they overlook this. And there are some here and there, very minor. And you'll get that in any horror movie. So like... I'm trying to nitpick something that isn't really there. Um, and it was like good acting. It was original. It was fun. Um, and it was, it was quick. I mean, it was like an hour and 20 something minutes and it never seemed like it was yeah. slow. It was like everything kept building from the beginning. So I defend it and yeah, it's a good holiday horror. And Luke's squeaky voice was just added to it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah if there's nothing else that's a unanimous defend from us here at the It Records podcast we're better watch out as we mentioned uh, you can watch it on Shutter, Tubi you can rent it uh, probably Google Play wherever Amazon Prime you can find this movie uh, if you want to check it out uh, get to us on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. Review any of our podcasts. So we might do a mini episode that you like or a full-length episode. But until next time, I am Matt Johnson. And I will remain in the shadows. I'm Peter Hanson. And I got uh, I got nothing. I don't have any catchy uh, taglines right now. I'm Lindsay Clark. And uh, you might be home, but you're not alone. <laughs>